Let's get this party started. Ho, 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 everyone. It's Dwayne, and here I am with a little surprise for your Christmas stocking. What you're about to hear is the what I was going to record, the lost episode, which is the episode where I had recorded on the song O Come All Ye Faithful, and when I went to play it back and edit it, there was a huge hum through the middle of it, and I could not remove that from the audio, and I didn't have time to record the episode. So I handed it on to a friend of mine who was able to clean it up. So I've cut out the original intro that that episode had and added in this one because you guys were not expected to hear from me again this this season and I'm glad to be able to have cleaned this up. And as a quick update, the light display is up. I have a week just to fine tune it and do some testing. I also have a week's worth of rain ahead of us according to the forecast so you never know I might be able to squeeze maybe a short version of Tinsel Tunes out or a couple of episodes we'll just see what happens so keep an eye out on social medias for that that's enough of that so let's get into the episode this episode could possibly be a bit longer than our usual episodes as when I put the request out on social media for you guys to send in your versions of the song O Come All Ye Faithful, I got quite a few. So let's not dilly-dally and get into this episode. So first up, feedback from our last show. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one! So last month we covered the genre A Country Christmas and listener Brad Hunt got in touch with me through Facebook and said that was great stuff I would have and in brackets he put maybe should have sent in added three songs Let There Be Peace on Earth by Vince Gill Holy Jolly Christmas by Alan Jackson and Christmas Time in Texas by George Strait Also Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer but you might be saving that one for a more comedy centred episode Well thanks Brad, thank you for the feedback um, I have been looking at doing a comedy centered episode but as you can probably tell there's not too much comedy in this podcast and I'd much rather leave that up to Tim Babb from Can't Wait for Christmas podcast he appears to be the funniest one out of us all so just like Brad did at the end of this episode if there is a version of this song that didn't get played that's probably because a you didn't see the post on Facebook so head over to Facebook and follow the Tinsel Tunes podcast page or B, you did see it, but didn't respond to it, and therefore you didn't get them in. So keep an eye open on the Tinsel Tunes podcast page for next month's song, and I hope to hear from you soon. Before we get started, here's a public service announcement. This episode contains names not in English, and as a result, this podcast host likes to mess them up and pronounce them in his own accent. So I apologise to anyone in advance from the nations that these names have come from. Let's get to it. The hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful, was originally written in Latin, and is written to invite Christians to worship and celebrate Christ at the time of his birth. Originally written in Latin as Adeste Videlis, this carol has a murky origin story with multiple authors being attributed to it, namely John Francis Wade, John Reading, King John IV of Portugal from the 17th century, Saint Bonaventure in the 13th century, 
and unnamed Cistercian monks of the German, Portuguese or Spanish provinces. I hope I said that correctly. So let's get into the text. The earliest handwritten manuscript is from King John IV, which can be seen at the Library of Ducal Palace of Villa Vacosa, but the earliest printed version is in a book published by John Wade himself. Wade also authored a manuscript dating back to 1751. In modern times, John Wade is usually credited as the author, perhaps for simplicity or a misunderstanding, as Wade made a name for himself as a copyist of musical manuscripts, which can be found in libraries, and he published his own signed works. In 1751, he published a printed compilation of such works. This is known as the first printed source of Adeste Fidelis. I tried to make sense of the timeline in my own words, but figured I couldn't do it any better than Wikipedia. And this is what they have to say about it. I do this so you don't have to. The version published by Wade consists of four Latin verses. Later in the 18th century, the French Catholic priest Jean-François Etienne Bodries wrote an additional three verses in Latin. Another anonymous Latin verse is really printed. Here's Bing Crosby singing the first verse of Adeste Fidelis. Adeste Fidelis, Leti Triumphantes, Venite, Venite, in Bethlehem. How good does Bing's voice sound singing that song? It brings shivers to the spine and a tear to the eye. Not to mention how nostalgic the song sounds when Bing sings it. The text has been translated innumerable times into English. The most common version today is a combination of one of Frederick Oakley's translations of the original four verses and William Thomas Brooks' translation of the three additional verses. It was first published in Murray's Hymnal in 1852. Oakley originally titled the song Ye Faithful Approach Ye when it was sung at his Margaret Chapel in Marylebone, which is in London, before it was altered to its current form. The song was sometimes referred to as the Portuguese hymn after the Duke of Leeds in 1795 heard a version of it sung at the Portuguese Embassy in London. The most commonly named Portuguese author is King John IV of Portugal. He was also called the Musician King. John was a patron of music and the arts and an extremely sophisticated writer on music. He was also a composer. During his reign he collected one of the largest musical libraries in the world which was unfortunately destroyed in the 1755 Lisbon earthquake. He also founded a music school in Villa Vacosa that exported musicians to Spain and Italy. It was at John's Villa Vacosa Palace that two manuscripts of the Portuguese hymn have been found and dated to 1640. These manuscripts predate Wade's 18th century versions, whether as printed or in manuscript. 
Now let's look at the tune. It is also widely accepted that Wade put the hymn lyrics to the tune we know today, and the tune almost has the same murky origin. Along with John Wade being given credit, so have notable composer and organist John Reading, as well as his son also named John Reading, who was also a composer, an organist, as well as a copyist. George Friedrich Handel and German composer Gluck are also said to have had a hand in it. I started to go down a rabbit hole researching those two, so I can't verify that claim. Portuguese composer Marcos Portugal and King John IV of Portugal have also been credited. Wade also knew of a notable composer named Thomas Arne, and he is listed as a possible contributor. Now Thomas Arne might not be a name you're familiar with, but you might know two of his works. The first being the patriotic song Royal Britannica. and the song A Hunting We Will Go, which I think most of us have heard as children, mainly as a nursery rhyme. There are several similar musical themes written around that time, though it can be hard to determine whether these were written in imitation of the hymn, or whether the hymn was based on them, or whether they are totally unconnected. The melody is very plain and simple, but contains many different opportunities for harmonisation, as well as a beautiful descant, which is an independent treble medley sung or played above a basic medley. And this is usually played on the organ during the third stanza. And now for the lyrics. As mentioned earlier, the lyrics are a calling for Christians to come and see the newborn Christ, Jesus, in Bethlehem, and celebrate the birth with song and worship. Today, we sing the first four stanzas, as per the version John Wade published in his 1751 collection, Cantus Diversi, in Latin, and translated by Frederick Oakley in 1841, or 1852, as I found both dates in my research. And it's this that gives us the new title, O Come All Ye Faithful. However, stanzas 1, 3 and 4 are often sung leaving out the second stanza. The above stanzas are classed as heart stanzas. They mention words like adore, joyful, triumphant and words that describe feelings. However, stanza 2 goes like this. True God of true God, light from light eternal. Lo, he shuns not the virgin's womb, son of the father begotten, not created. This language is pulled from the Nicene Creed, which was written in the early 4th century AD. It was written during the First Ecumenical Council. If you remember from your church history, the church faced some intense prosecution in its early years. The prosecution came first by the Jews and then by the Romans, and this prosecution lasted for 250 years. This, however, is getting way out of my league, so we'll just leave that there. There is also an 8 stanza version with the 4 extra stanzas being added in the 18th century. 3 additional verses were subsequently added by Jean-Francois Borderies, often sung with Wade's original first verse in Latin. These 3 verses joined by Wade's first verse are sometimes referred to as the French Cento. An 8th verse was also added in the mid 19th century to celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany. Its authorship is unknown.
And that, my friends, is the end of that. So there was a lot to take in. I did get all my information from more than just Wikipedia, and a lot of it matched up, but some of it didn't as well. So I hope I got most of that correct. If I haven't, please contact me, and I can do an amendment in next month's episode. Either way, I think we can all agree it's a great song, it's an old song, and we will continue to hear it be sung for a long time yet. Right, we've come to the fun part of the episode where we get to listen to some different versions and all these versions, except for about two or three, have come from you guys, my loyal listeners. So, let's get into a top five. So this top five actually comes from Jerry from Totally Rad Christmas. Uh, There's no particular explanation as to why these are a top five. He actually sent five songs through and I got back to him and I said did you want to put those in some sort of top five order which he's done so we'll just have a listen to those now number five so first up we have Christopher Tomlin Christopher is an American contemporary Christian music singer songwriter and worship leader from Grand Saline in Texas who has sold over seven million records This is Stan Kenton and his orchestra with an instrumental version. If you haven't heard of Stan Kenton before, Stan was active from 1930 to 1978, so this song goes back a little way. And what you're about to hear is the remastered version. All right, so let's rock this up a little, and this is Bad Religion. Oh, 
Number two. So what's a top five list without Chicago? So here is number two, Chicago. Number one. And number one is country artist George Strait with this version from his 2006 album simply called Classic Christmas. that was Jerry's top five from the five that he sent in. Now I believe we might be able to get another top five list out of him for his all-time favourite five versions of this song. Perhaps I could do a bonus episode next year just made up of top five lists and perhaps he might supply us his top five versions of this song of all time. Okay so now let's get to the other versions as supplied by you guys and let's start off with Janelle Simmons. So Janelle says, my favourite Christmas song of all time is Luther Vandro's version of O Come All You Faithful. It is well known among my friends and family that I start every October the 1st, the day I start listening to Christmas music. By listening to it, it's just perfection. So let's grab a listen. Thanks for that Janelle, and yes that is a very good version of the song and it's a great way to start off with this segment. Uh, before we go any further, um, I just want to mention that I obviously have listened to all these songs before putting podcasts together, and one thing I noticed, and it could be my headphones, but a lot of these songs have awesome bass lines to this song, that song being one of them. Next up is Adam Parker Saiban. I hope I said your surname right Adam, I always have issues thinking if I've said it right or not. But um, Adam is from the Merry Britmas podcast and he says that he really likes the scuzzy Weezer version. He also goes on to say he really enjoys the late 90s R&B of City High who used that funky New Jack style so well and it reminds him of something out of Sister Act 2. So let's listen to both of those.
It's city high up in here. <laughs> uh huh. Spread love and good cheer. Listen. Now, someone mentioned in one of the posts that they like Nat King Cole's version, and I could not find that post to find out who that person's name was, so I apologise in advance for not being able to credit you with this version, but I remember the post said Nat King Cole's version and nothing else, or words to that effect. Oh, come, all ye faithful, Joyful and triumphant O come ye, O come ye To Bethlehem Come and behold him Born the king of angels O come Adore him. So the next two songs we're going to rock it up a bit. This one is from Matt Wheeler. Now Matt is a long-time listener and supporter of Tinsel Tunes and many, many of the other Christmas podcasts out there. So this is from Cryomancer. This is from a compilation album called Flea's Naughty Dog. And next up, another heavy version. This is from Scott Leopold from the Holly Jolly XML podcast. And I think this is a version everyone's sort of been waiting for. This is Twisted Sister. So Twisted Sister's version is easily my favourite, he says, from the last 13 years at least. I love the album when it came out, and the way it was incorporated, we're not going to take it, into its medley is great. The video is also a fantastic throwback to the 80s heyday. Uh, yes, it is, and it's... Gladly have a listen now. That's what I'm talking about, some heavy metal Christmas. 
I do like to get a little bit of Heavy Metal Christmas into each of my episodes, and uh, it would be great to do a whole episode or two on Heavy Metal music. Um, and in fact, perhaps we could join a few forces together, a few podcast hosts together, and do an episode on Heavy Metal Christmas. I think that might be pretty cool. Okay, let's carry on. Next up, we've got Art Kilmer from the Cozy Christmas Podcast. Art is also a long-time supporter of the Tinsel Tunes podcast, and I love his podcast just as much. And Art likes to bring it down a little. He likes the Lauren Diagles version. And then there's the kind of an obscure album called Guitar Winterlude that I find very relaxing. The version of Overcome All You Faithful is one of my favourites, he says. So let's listen to both of those now. I hope that was the version you were talking about if not flick me a link and I'll include it in next month's episode but if that was the right one you're right it is very beautiful I'm actually going to see if I can listen to the whole album if possible okay and last up of the listener suggestions before we get into a few of mine from Mary Shemenza's Pulte Mary I hope I pronounced your name correctly I apologize if I completely fudged that up ah you guys thought I was going to say something else so Mary says, my submission for the song O Come All You Faithful is by Jeremy Kemp from the Well Christmas 2011 CD. His arrangement is beautiful and his voice blends with the music perfectly, especially during the harmonising. So let's take a listen. Well, I think I got everyone. It was quite hard to track down the posts from different locations. So for next month's episode, I'll pop in a post a different way to get hold of me, either by Facebook Messenger or by email. But I'll highlight that in the post for next month's song. 
Okay, so I did want to do some versions that I like. So coming up, I have three different versions that I'd like to point out that are different from what we've listened to. Let's do a countdown. So number three is Darius Rucker with his version of O Come All You Faithful. And number two is Josh Groban. I'm surprised that nobody else put him on, on their list, so he's on mine. And here, Josh is singing with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And my number one is from the album you've heard me talk about before, which is the Matthew Green's Orchestral Rainbow, and they do a short version, and here is part of it here. Come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the And there you have it. It's a very old song with a very varied history. And this outro was recorded after the episode was cleaned up. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank everyone for their support over the year. And I know it disappointed some people that I thought I wasn't going to be able to get an episode out before Christmas. But things have fallen into place better than I would have hoped. I have really enjoyed listening and catching up on some of the other podcasts out there. And I hope you all do the same. As the next five weeks, I'm sure it will be a whirlwind for some, while some of us are trying to slow it down as much as possible. Okay, so after this, I will play the rest of, or the end of the record of the Christmas story that I've recorded onto digital. I'll play the whole thing out, so it'll be quite long, but it will finish that off. But before I go, I would just like to say thank you again, and be excellent to each other, and rock on. This is just future Dwayne through editing. Um, this part of the Christmas Carol uh, will be 15 minutes long. So just to let you know in advance. I hope you enjoy. I hope you guys have been listening to this or if the audio has just been so bad through headphones because I've noticed that the, obviously the audio is a bit dodgy. Um, but this is the last 15 minutes. Look upon me. Spirit, conduct me where you will. I went forth last night on compulsion, and I learned a lesson which is working now. Tonight, if you have aught to teach me, let me profit by it. 
They stood in the city streets on Christmas morning, invisible as they had been before. And then the good spirit led Scrooge to his clerks. And on the threshold of the door, the spirit smiled and stopped to bless Bob Cratchit's dwelling. Then up rose Mrs. Cratchit and laid the cloth, assisted by Belinda Cratchit. Whatever has got your precious father then, and your brother Tiny Tim, and Martha weren't as late last Christmas Day by half an hour. Here's Martha, Mother. Hello! There's such a goose, Mother. There's Father coming and Tiny Tim. And how did Tiny Tim behave? As good as gold and better. Somehow he gets thoughtful sitting by himself so much and thinks the strangest things you ever heard. He, he told me, coming home, that he hoped the people saw him in the church because he was a cripple and it might be pleasant to them to remember upon Christmas Day who made lame beggars walk and blind men see. Bob's voice was tremulous when he told them that Tiny Tim was growing strong and hearty. Master Peter and the two ubiquitous young Cratchits went to fetch the goose, with which they soon returned in high procession. Such a bustle ensued that you might have thought a goose the rarest of all birds. Mrs. Cratchit made the gravy hissing hot, Master Peter mashed the potatoes, Miss Belinda sweetened up the applesauce, Martha dusted the hot plates. Bob took Tiny Tim beside him, and the two young Cratchits set chairs for everybody. At last, the dishes were set out, and grace was said. It was succeeded by a breathless pause, as Mrs. Cratchit, looking slowly all along the carving knife, prepared to plunge it into the breast. But when she did, and when the long-expected gush of stuffing issued forth, one murmur of delight arose all round the board and even Tiny Tim, excited by the two young Cratchits, beat on the table with the handle of his knife and feebly cried, Hurrah! Hurrah! There never was such a goose. Bob said he didn't believe there ever was such a goose cooked. Its tenderness and flavour, size and cheapness were the themes of universal admiration. Everyone had had enough, and the youngest Cratchits in particular were steeped in sage and onion to the eyebrows. But now, the plates being changed by Miss Belinda, Mrs. Cratchit left the room alone to take the pudding up and bring it in. Suppose it should not be done enough. Suppose it should break in turning out. Suppose somebody should have got over the wall of the backyard and stolen it whilst we were merry with the goose. Hello? A great deal of steam. The pudding was out of the copper. A smell like a washing day. Ah, that was the cloth. A smell like an eating house and a pastry cook's next door to each other, with a laundress's next door to that. That was the pudding. In half a minute, Mrs. Cratchit entered, flushed but smiling proudly, with the pudding like a speckled cannonball, so hard and firm, blazing in half of half a quartern of ignited brandy, and bedight with Christmas holly stuck into the top. At last, 
the dinner was all done. The cloth was cleared, the hearth swept, and the fire made up. The compound in the jug, being tasted and considered perfect, Bob served it out with beaming looks. A Merry Christmas to us all, my dears. God bless us. God, God bless, bless us. us. God bless us, everyone. close to his father's side upon his little stool. Bob held his withered hand in his, as if he loved the child and wished to keep him by his side and dreaded that he might be taken from him. Spirit, tell me if Tiny Tim will live. I see a vacant seat in the poor chimney corner and a crutch without an owner carefully preserved. If these shadows remain unaltered by the future, the child will die. No, 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 kind spirit. Say he will be spared. Mr. Scrooge. I'll give you Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast. The founder of the feast, indeed. I wish I had him here. I'd give him a piece of my mind to feast upon, and I hope he'd have a good appetite for it. My dear, the children. Christmas Day. It should be Christmas Day, I am sure, on which one drinks the health of such an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man as Mr. Scrooge. You know he is, Robert. Nobody knows it better than you do, poor fellow. My dear, Christmas Day. I'll drink his health for your sake and the days, not for his. Long life to him. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> He'll be very merry and very happy, I have no doubt.
struck twelve. Scrooge looked about him for the ghost and saw it not. As the last stroke ceased to vibrate, he remembered the prediction of old Jacob Marley and lifting up his eyes, beheld a solemn phantom, draped and hooded, coming like a mist along the ground towards him. I am in the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. You are about to show me shadows of the things that have not happened, but will happen in the time before us. Is that so, spirit? Oh, ghost of the future, I fear you more than any specter I have seen. But as I know your purpose is to do me good, and as I hope to live to be another man from what I was, I am prepared to bear you company and to do it with a thankful heart. Will you not speak to me? Lead on. Lead on. The night is waning fast, and it is precious time to me. Lead on, spirit. Answer me one question. You have shown me much. Are these the shadows of the things that will be, or are they the shadows of the things that may be only? Men's courses will foreshadow certain ends to which, if persevered in, they must lead. But if the courses be departed from, the ends will change. Say it is thus with what you show me. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. I will not shut out the lessons they teach. Holding up his hands in one last prayer to have his fate reversed, he saw an alteration in the phantom's hood and dress. It shrank, collapsed, and dwindled down into a bedpost. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know what to do. I'm as light as a feather. I'm as happy as an angel. I'm as merry as a schoolboy. I'm as giddy as a drunken man. A Merry Christmas to everybody. A Merry Christmas. A Happy New Year to all the world. Oh, hello there. Hello. Hello there. Hello. He was checked in his transports by the churches, ringing out the lustiest peals he'd ever heard. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. He called to a boy in Sunday clothes. What's today, my fine fellow? Today? Why, Christmas Day. Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything they like. Oh, hello, hello, my fine fellow. Hello. Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner? I should hope I did. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? It's hanging there now. Is it, is it really? Go and buy it. 
Walker. No, 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 no. I'm in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here that I may give them the direction where to take it. I'll send it to Bob Cratchit's. He shan't know who sends it. <laughs> it's twice the size of Tiny Tim. There never was such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. Hello, hello, a Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas, one and all. A Merry Christmas, one and all. <laughs> Scrooge was better than his word. He raised Bob Cratchit's salary, and to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well, if any man alive possessed the knowledge. May that be truly said of us, and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us. Everyone. Hey,